Hello, and welcome to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Over the next half hour, we are going to be climbing in the trenches of grief. Tracy and I will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. We're going to laugh and cry as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable. So get your boots on, it's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Tracy. And I'm Julie. And welcome to Confessions of a Grieving Mother. And we'll be your host for the next 30 minutes. And on the phone with us, we have Pam Pressler. Hi, Pam. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We are super excited to pick your brain today. I know. (laughs) I am. Pick away. This might be a therapy session. So that's okay. That's what I'm here for. Okay, so yeah, tell us tell us um what what who you are and and your title and what you um how you're involved in Emma's Footprints. Okay. Well, I am Pam Pressler. I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I have a private practice here in Erie on West 26th Street. Um, I am a certified mediator and collaborative professional, so I help families through all types of um, conflict and transitions, but I also have a counseling practice um, and I'm certified in perinatal loss care. So I work with um, all the beautiful grieving families. in town that are referred to me from Emma's and help support them on their grief journey. Um, I also very actively and excitedly sit on the board for Emma's Footprints and have helped develop an educational video and a peer support group that is just an amazing resource for all grieving families um, Mm -hmm. regardless of where they are on their grief journey. Yeah, you have been, uh, I mean, a, a godsend. Mm-hmm. I've prayed for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank <laughs> for, you. Forgot to bring well, you definitely, to definitely, we were brought together by a higher power than I. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, can we just sure. can we just start with how we did meet? <laughs> Please tell us. I, I don't feel think like I know every the story. podcast. There's a fun story of how I met the person. <laughs> I would love to tell the story, or you can tell the story. Um, well, okay, so I got a a phone call, I think, from a, a, a mutual friend. Uh, saying, because I, I had been, something that was on my heart was to offer counseling to our, our families. Okay. Um, but I thought, well, um, who does this, right? Mm-hmm. Who does this <laughs> specialized, you know, I, I have no business talking about that, but I feel like you, there's a, um, a special person needs to sit on that couch uh-huh. across from you, right. experiencing, you know, a loss. That's just what I had in my heart. So who's that going to be? Who, who can we feel comfortable, you know? passing along and mm-hmm. who's going to take care of our families. So um, a friend had reached out and said, hey, you should reach out to Pam. Here's her number. Um, you know, I've worked with her a little bit. And and yeah, I, I don't know. I think I texted you. Do you remember how that happened? Oh, so you didn't Google. I did not. Go- no, I did not <laughs> I was Google Pam Pressler. Say Google. <laughs> I remember speaking with you on the phone. Did the I call you? Time. Was I desperate? What was the sound in my voice? <laughs> what did it sound like? Was I crying? <laughs> well, so we... Um, plan to meet at Panera 
yeah we, we planned a lunch meeting because i like lunch mm-hmm. <laughs> trey's <laughs> always down for a lunch date <laughs> let's go down let's go out for lunch so yeah we met in a booth in panera and uh, the rest is history it it is we i mean i i was telling you who i kind of about emma's footprints yeah right and and i'm yeah. explaining you know emma and i'm her mom and um you kind of stopped me do you remember what you said to me I do remember what yeah. I said. Oh, my God. Yeah. You both remember. <laughs> this is so good. What, did, what was I it? I said, wait a minute. Is your husband Brian Daly? <laughs> I said, why, yes. Yes, he is. What did he do? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, the story of how when I first moved to Erie, because I'm not from Erie, that I was having some concrete work done in our house. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the contractor disappeared. <laughs> and I was questioning where our contractor concrete contractor was and after several phone calls had been put in touch with someone else um, who was representing um, the concrete contractor and had told us that he um, that Brian and his wife had just experienced the loss of a baby what and that they were oh not my gosh able chills <laughs> I did not what? able to come finish the work I did and not know the story Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes, that yes, yes. Crazy. And I said, well, please let them know if they need anything at all that I am here for them, that I'm a therapist and I'm here for them. And I think I and slammed the be- table and said, Pam, I never got that message. <laughs> <laughs> she did say that. I never got your message. Nobody told me about you. <laughs> So yes, that is oh, how we met. That's awesome. I mean, I think that, I mean, really, I don't know. You know what I mean? Did I start bawling in Panera? It was like. <laughs> probably. I w- well, I probably started bawling. I mean, in yeah. <laughs> in my broccoli cheese oh, soup. That's soup. such a good story. Right. Because mm-hmm. this was, um, I mean, it, it had been, uh, how long have you been with our organization? Like, f- I believe it's four years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this was, this was, Yeah. And to, uh, then we were sitting in Panera in a booth mm-hmm. and putting all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah, super emotional. That's good. And it's been true love ever since. It really has. It, yes, it, it really, has. really has. So um, what that looks like for our listeners is um, we, every family that we, we get, mm-hmm. um, you know, we offer Pam services to. Mm-hmm. And we help to cover the cost of, of those sessions mm-hmm. um, because it is, I think, and I, I know, it's a critical piece to the puzzle. Um, something I wish I had. I yep. wish I had gotten that message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I Pam could have helped me. I wish you had too. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, as much as I, I can say I wish that would have happened, um, you know, God got me through that. And I can, that's why I think I fight so hard mm-hmm. for families to, um, you know, like, I want to, I'll tell a family, I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to drag you uh-huh. to her office. I'm going to yeah. sit you on her couch. Yeah. <laughs> like, please I'm do this for you yourself. Have to yes. Do that, I have yeah. not. But No, but I have. Um, I have. <laughs> watched me say that to people. <laughs> no, I have said it the same. I have said, I will go with you. I'm mm-hmm. like, if you are comfortable with me going with you, I will go oh, with man. you. Like, it is definitely, um, loss is hard and realizing that you need help can be hard Mm -hmm. like you want to be the almighty and say you can handle everything and 
um, really you're breaking down inside and what you what you need is Pam in your life. Yes. <laughs> so when we say, you know, when I'm like, you guys need, you know, I've spoken to other families too. You need to go see Pam. I'm telling you. I only say it because I've seen her and I love her. So you need to go. <laughs> well, you know, let's be clear here. I have my referral base from Emma's, but then I have my <laughs> referral base from Julie Swanson. <laughs> That's <well>. true. <laughs> so totally different. <laughs> Which is List. a large piece of my practice. It's amazing. I love it. So, so, so what I'm hearing you say is Julie is just stronger. <laughs> Crushing uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Julie is her own organization is what I'm saying. <laughs> Because I don't know how many people I've told that, and I I threatened to you know take them there myself. Yeah. And, um, but the- okay, Pam. So we are so like before we keep going, we are so thankful for you. This yes. organization is so thankful for you. I personally am so thankful for you. Um, Thank you. So, anyways, <laughs> let's dive in. Let's into. talk about yeah the rest of the time. Let's just talk about how awesome that is. Um, so, but okay, let's touch on that for a minute. I think um, the. What what do you think that is, Pam? That um, it's like, okay, you're here. If your loss is, you know, let's just say in Erie, and 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 Emma's Prince says, here is Pam Pressler's number. Call. We will pay for sessions. What do you think that uh, that barrier is for some people that they don't make that phone call? Or because um, I feel like a lot of listeners, yeah, they could. Yeah, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. I think. I mean. My experience with most parents is fear, is is that they're afraid. They're afraid to delve into those thoughts and feelings. And as much as their thoughts may be swirling and in their minds may be reliving the experience, to actually go sit down with someone and try to start fleshing that out when you're already depleted and, and mm-hmm. paralyzed emotionally just seems almost insurmountable. So, so um you know, at a time when your life feels completely out of control, mm-hmm. walking into a situation where you're, again, in a very vulnerable, unpredictable place is, it's scary. Yeah. Um, so that's why really my, my services and what I found to be the most um, effective in working with families is really helping create predictability for them. Mm-hmm. At, and that predictability feels secure and safe yeah and I think you know I mean you you grow up in a however you grow up you you're um, either grief is not talked about in your home Mm -hmm. or um, you know stigmas are are placed maybe Mm -hmm. on therapy or counseling um, or because I think I mean and a lot of it is maybe people have gone to see a counselor but it it didn't yeah it was a bad experience it was you know it didn't click or Um, maybe the takeaway was nothing right and so you feel like yeah this is a waste of time and it is not with Pam Pressler. No. <laughs> I can personally say, I feel like I could keep giving personal stories. <laughs> Please do. Um, I remember early in my grief journey, I would drive to Pam's office. Oh. I would cry driving to Pam's office because I didn't want to go to Pam's office. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't want to go to Pam's office. I don't want to sit there and talk to Pam about my loss. Like, who wants to keep talking about this? And then I would get there. Pam would be, we, I mean, it would be such a great co- conversation and session and then you would leave and you'd be like well you went because you needed it so keep going because you need it and so it's like and then she's trying to kick you out of her office because your time is up and you're like but I want to keep talking about it's definitely that it's like the fear of just knowing that you have to face what's happening right in front of you and absolutely and not not wanting to do that I think you know grief is is the most 
complicated set of emotions that I think we can experience. And it happens in all areas of our life, not just loss. Mm -hmm. Um, It can happen from, you know, job loss. It could happen from Mm -hmm. divorce, whatever, you know, it happens. Um, But what, when we lose a child, it's just so much more layered and complicated Mm -hmm. by not only are we losing the person, you know, someone that we were, we were focusing on, um, you know, contributing our, or dedicating our life to, and then not only is that person gone, but all the, all the ideas of that person that we've attached to in our brain, whether it's, you know, what our family constellation is going to look like, or just the ability for a parent to hold a child, or, um, you know, thoughts of what kindergarten will look like, all those things. And so, um, and then, and then I think couple that with, it's not, you know, the natural order of life is not to lose your child. Right. Right. And so mm-hmm. it, it really becomes in, like inconceivable, almost you can't conceive what happens when it happens because it's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people come into my office and I guess probably Julie, maybe what you're talking about, or, or I think Tracy, you alluded to it is, is most people who come into my office who tell me that they have been in other offices, what they share with me is, is that they've had wonderful, made wonderful like friendships with their therapists, but that they really needed tools. Mm-hmm. And so I've taken that feedback and tried to um, develop tools for helping parents so that when they leave, they feel like there's something they can actively do mm-hmm. to make themselves feel better. Right. Yeah. Um, that's huge. The grief toolbox. Is... Well, and, and that's, the feedback I get, the, yeah. the feedback is I need tools. And so we deliver that. And I think Emma's delivers that. I think that's what we're about is concretes and, and giving things to people that can help make their lives better mm-hmm. as opposed to not only are we here to love you and hug you and, you know, and support you emotionally, but we're giving you things that are going to help make it better. Right. Cause you, I mean, you, you, it is, it's helpful to sit in that room and talk about your loss, mm-hmm. but then you go back out into your life mm-hmm. and exactly. So that's what the tools are for because when the waves of grief mm-hmm. um, hit, you know, you can, or somebody says something to you, triggers right, you, right. Or you hear a song or you, yeah. you know, a date happens mm-hmm. and uh, what do you say, Pam, that you'll, the grief in the beginning drives you. But the, right. what's in that the beginning, grief drives us. But fortunately, in my office, um, I, I typically get to a point with our Emma's families or other grieving families where I can almost, you know, see where it switches for the person, where it becomes not the grief is not driving them, but they're driving the grief. It doesn't go away. It's always there. But they're they're calling the shots with their grief much more than the grief calling the shots over them emotionally and that's a game changer you know when you um, it's transformative it for is sure. yeah it changes the trajectory of a grief journey that was a big word wasn't yeah. it Julie Swanson <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was thinking too that was a really good one Tracy but um yeah so we're gonna we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna be back and we're gonna dig into so- some of those tools that Pam's talking about we hope you are enjoying this podcast If you would like more information on Emma's Footprints, please visit our website at emmasfootprints.com. To all of the families on their grief journey, we see you, we support you, and we remember your babies. You are not alone. 
and we're back. All right, Pam. So let's talk. Um, let's talk some tips or tools or however you want to say it um, that you've you know maybe one or two that you give um, grieving families when they come into your office. Okay. So, I mean, if I can just kind of walk through it a little bit, I guess the first thing is that's most important is um, is really just helping ground families and understanding that although they're feeling um, crazy, which is not diagnosable, (laughs) you can't find that diagnosis in the DSM-5. However, (laughs) most people come in and tell me they feel crazy and um, their thoughts are swirling. They can't stop them. I mean, I'm using their words, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, they, they just feel completely out of control. And so most importantly is just to normalize for them that that is grief. That's Mm -hmm. grief. That's Mm -hmm. trauma. That's what happens when you've just had your life flipped upside down. Um, so that in itself is reassuring Mm -hmm. and, and I think gives just a scope for starting out, you know, um, okay. Okay. All right. There's nothing wrong with me. So to speak. Um, because a lot of families that come in have just been told there were a lot of things physically or medically wrong with them. So to know now, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be experiencing. Right. Even though it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just grounding for, for moms in particular, I would say dads too, but moms, because they're typically ones also recovering physically. Mm -hmm, Right. Um, so then I would say, um, another important tool is to help parents start to and kind of um, anticipate what they can expect from those around them because oftentimes they're so emotionally overloaded um, and they're being approached by people who may also be emotionally overloaded and not grieving in healthy ways and so it just becomes again just um, you know, just feels like they're just getting pummeled from all directions emotionally. And so to help them navigate that and learn how to set boundaries for themselves, I use, I use the term, um, create an emotional ICU and like, Mm. liken it to when we're physically injured, how we get taken to the hospital and put in a medical ICU. Um, and that there are many people who are, you know, keeping them secure and living and, you know, just pumping them full of vitamins and and medicine and all those things. And that when we have a loss, there is no emotional ICU and Mm -hmm. that we really have to, in order to start feeling better, create our own emotional ICU. Mm -hmm. And so that that means, thank you. (laughs) That means putting some boundaries around our lives and deciding who's going to be a healthy contributor to our healing, right? right? Like if you know, a physician walks in and gives us medication, that's a healthy contributor in an ICU. Well, emotionally, we do the same thing. And so who are those healthy contributors? And how do we kind of take a step back from the ones that aren't, and and most people obviously don't do it um, intentionally, but that are not helping us or are not um, creating a safe space for us to heal. So that is, the boundaries piece is huge. Um, Sometimes, people recently have a loss are invited to um, baby showers or birthday parties for infants and they're torn emotionally whether they should go or not because it's the last thing they want to do is to go see a living breathing healthy baby not because they're not happy for people but Mm -hmm. because they just cannot tolerate putting themselves in that position nor would I recommend that they do so if they can't so it's really taking those types of things and helping them establish what those boundaries need to look like in their life. So the boundaries piece is going to be a huge tool. Um, 
another big tool is really being able to um, understand and internalize that it is so important to parent your child even though they're not here. Mm -hmm. And I would say as far as stigma and maybe taboo type things go, that's probably one of the bigger hurdles that Mm -hmm. parents have to overcome because most people around them who have not had a loss won't understand what that means Mm -hmm. (laughs) and may even think that is a little weird Mm -hmm. or a little unhealthy Mm -hmm. and quite the contrary. Um, So how do people actively parent a child who is not living? Right. That's right. That's right. And so I have had, I've seen so many different examples of that. Um, So, you know, we suggest that people grieve every day, actively grieve every day Mm -hmm. and to schedule time, focused grieving time. I've kind of elaborated on that concept by suggesting that parents take a focused grieving time that is a dedicated time. Mm-hmm. That is a structured time every day for the same amount of time mm-hmm. and that they walk into a space of being able to um, just really put all their focus emotionally and, you know, kind of cognitively in their brain on their baby and spend time with their baby. Mm-hmm. But that that's, a like I said, a very structured, concise time where they walk in and they walk out. Right. Um, that way they know they're going to spend time with their baby. It helps eliminate that that what I call the the um, six, sixth aspect of grieving, which is guilt. Um, yeah. I, you know, when Mary Kubler-Ross did her five, five phases of grieving, she didn't include guilt. And I think we should include guilt because I've never met a parent or anybody grieving who ha- doesn't feel guilty. Right. Um, and um, so it gives us the opportunity to walk in, spend time parenting, right? Focusing on our child and then going back to life or going back to our other responsibilities, but not feeling guilty that we didn't take the time mm, out of our day yes. to parent, you know, to parent. And so um, lots of positive feedback about that structured time. Um, some parents, when they come in, tell me it's too hard, they can't do it yet, and that's totally fine too. There's no right or wrong to it. It's mm-hmm. what, you know, what everybody needs is different because all grief looks different for people. Mm, right. So, um active parenting yeah that's that's well i was just gonna say that's um a tool that yeah they might not need right then but it Mm -hmm. will be in their toolbox Mm -hmm. for yes you know if and when Mm -hmm. they they need that and Mm -hmm. and so yeah i love that one um i i think another thing is is um in and i'm this is, you know, all the t- Tracy, I tell Tracy all my little epiphanies and, <laughs> <She I does. laughs> and I have a new theory and I have a new idea, but, um, just really, um, being able to create healthy communication for those, those people who are in relationships or married and have had a loss, um, real, and, and I guess, you know, to elaborate on that tool with other people around you is really learning how to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, what we need. And, you know, quite frankly, oftentimes, um, you know, my experience, especially in working with women is women, a lot of times aren't good at asking for what they need. They just go like take on the world and, you know, and accomplish things, but not necessarily saying, Hey, I, I need to stay home today. I can't, I can't tolerate this day or, you know, um, I need for you to stay home today, mm-hmm. spouse, because I just want to hunker down and spend some time with you. And so really asking for what we need 
is a huge tool um, to develop and definitely one that isn't perfected easily, Mm -hmm. um, takes a lot of practice, but um, starting to vocalize. And it's amazing when I talk to moms about this and they start telling me how they've started asking for what they need, it empowers them Mm -hmm. in their own grief journey. Mm -hmm. They're like taking charge of their grief journey. Yeah, it's um, like they need that permission. Mm-hmm. Totally. To ask for what they need. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, but who's right? Who's But I could but I didn't think but about I, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. You just don't think about it. It's just not it like it just doesn't come to the mind our mind to say, you know what? I I know we have this plan this afternoon and we're supposed to go to this cookout, but I'm telling you I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I I need to stay home. I need to mm-hmm. just sit quietly. Um, mm-hmm. or I need to go to the cemetery and, or whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. but really just being able to ask for what we need. Yeah. Yeah. I hope all of the listeners are writing these down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just go back and listen to, to that. It's, um, and I, I love that, you know, we, uh, there are so many pieces to the grief journey, mm-hmm. um, and to be able to point families to you, Pam, and, the way you just you you give these families back you know their life and mm-hmm. it's really cool to to watch and be on the, um, the side uh, of watching that family's grief journey yeah you know. you're a huge piece of that puzzle yes oh, thank you so much so for well, our, the other piece oh, I'm go sorry. ahead go ahead the other thing I don't want to miss because <laughs> I just think it's so important and maybe even the most important piece of someone's grief journey is being a part of a grief community. Yes. And that is just so validated by our peer support group. And the piece that I think most people who have had losses, you know, in other areas and, and you know, more historically, maybe 10 years ago or five years ago, that wasn't available. Mm-hmm. And so the isolation factor in loss, even though one in four pregnancies end in loss, the isolation factor is one of the most defeating and I would say haunting parts of the grief journey. And so our peer support group and what it has done and watching, you know, it's so interesting because I have women who come in and they've all started befriending each other and they're going out to dinner and they're going out to coffee and they're, and they're, they're in a space where they're able to sit and talk about their babies and use their babies' names and the people around them are so comfortable with it. It's at, it's as if you're in a play group mm-hmm. for your living children with the parents talking about your children. And that normalcy is, is so relieving because that community is something you, you can't have those same interactions with people who are not in that lost community. I would, I would, I would imagine, um, I hope I never have to, but I would imagine it's like somebody who's experienced cancer. You don't mm-hmm. understand it until you've walked through it. Right. And to be able to, you know, have a deep conversation or just talk openly about what that experience is like with somebody else who understands it just takes the loneliness factor out of it. Yeah. I mean, our support group, uh, second Thursday of every month, mm-hmm. um, there, I, I feel like I, I, I either cry in person or I'm <laughs> crying inside just, um, you know, cause we go around and we, we, I mean, the, the group is, Pam, like you said, to find others, you know, like ourselves, grieving moms and a safe place. Um, 
but our we pick a topic a different topic each month and we we put that positive spin on it mm-hmm. and um and we go around the room and we'll say our name and and uh, introduce our you know stories and people they don't have to talk if they're not ready but um it it i don't expect it but when when people say you know i don't know where i'd be without emma's and it just it just makes me ball my face off I because <laughs> it makes you know i that was my life for so long was mm-hmm. on that island you know that lonely island right. i didn't get pam's mm-hmm. uh contact info you know i mm-hmm. didn't have that grief community um and to to know that um you know my little girl is making a difference and mm-hmm. and what i walked through and it and those those mamas and those families they don't have to be lost in the jungle or they don't have to be on the island right you know um so yeah it is it is really amazing to see those relationships Pam like you were talking about and I mean I've made like the bestest of friends you know (laughs) in this on this grief community um it's a game changer for sure and it's and it's wonderful because the people in the peer support group when they walk in they're at all different stages of mm, their grief yep. for mm. all different reasons and why you know there's there's somebody there who can speak to what is going through your mind and that that's really hard to find it's just a it's just such a great I mean it's really like I said I think it's one of the most important tools to have is that sense of community even if you're not a social person and don't like groups you can go in and walk out with one person's contact information and mm-hmm. you don't have to come mm-hmm. back you can just talk to that person right you know you don't have to say anything um, although we yeah. want you to come back yeah me. You, you know yeah we it, it's a space you don't have to talk right. if, if you're right. not ready and you just need to yep. take it all in and, and if you're not local we now have a virtual we do support group yeah, as well it, yeah that is the same night as our in-office support group um you can check out those details on our Facebook page yep. if you're that was that was COVID's doing. Yep. But COVID, it was <laughs> COVID made us do it. It, it was, worked out well. Yeah. It did. It was so popular and, and people were jumping on, you know, from from all over. Yeah. And it's so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is all, everything you guys are saying, I'm like over here shaking my head like <laughs> yes, yes. Nodding, nodding. Um Well and and as I and as I say, <laughs> you know, at some point in that transformation where the grief is no longer driving us but we're driving it that that turning point is typically from my experience defined as fine and oh wait repeat that we lost you for a second oh i'm sorry it's okay and so so in that transformational time of um you know going from that place of the grief driving us to us driving the grief um right at that moment it's really defined by what I call finding the purpose in our pain. Mm -hmm. And that looks different for everyone. Um, But I, I can tell you, and it's, it's the gift of what I, I mean, really it's a gift I get to see in my office is the moment that that happens. I had an experience with a client yesterday, of course, who shall remain nameless, obviously. Um, And I hope she listens to this because she'll know who I'm talking about. But in any case, um, we were talking about some things that she's been doing recently to actively parent her child who she lost and how she was a little um, nervous about when when some of those things were done because she wasn't quite sure what she was going to do. And I encouraged her um, 
to get more involved in in some different aspects of Emma's. And as we were talking about it, you know, and she's she's really been struggling in her grief. And as we were talking about it, she said, you know, I said to her, I said, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is a point where your child's life just became, you know, he's walking with you, he's here with you, and he is motivating you to do good things in this world. You're parenting him and you're he's with you and you're doing it together. Mm-hmm. And it just was kind of like an aha moment for her, mm-hmm. you know, and... And so we both got teary-eyed on that one. <laughs> um, and and she said, you're right, and I need to continue doing this. I need to take on something bigger for myself so that I can keep doing these things with him because this is what is making me feel good. Yeah. This is what's giving his his life and his loss some sense of higher purpose right. and doesn't seem so in vain. Um, and I have seen that time and time and time again in my office, in the Emma's group, whether it's, you know, you know, Tracy starting Emma's and her own nonprofit and, and walking that path with Emma, you know, whether it's Julie taking on for Gus, you know, the executive director role and all the wonderful, amazing gifts and talents she's contributing, mm-hmm. or if it's one mom who reaches out to another mom yeah. and says, hey, I, you know, I saw you on the Zoom meeting and you look like you're really hurting and I just want you to understand I know exactly mm-hmm. what you feel because I, or I, I've been through something similar. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it's never too small. Right, exactly. You know? And it's just, it's just an amazing, amazing gift of, of, of loss, I guess is the only way I could describe it. Yeah, it's um, amazing to, to have that front row seat into those like you, Pam, those conversations or in support group watching those connections happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, I still get little pieces, you know, back to my heart when, mm-hmm. when, when I do these things for Emma. Yeah, sure. That'll, that won't stop. I won't stop being her mama. We can have an old, <laughs> we can have a whole episode about what we do for our children, right? <laughs> have a whole episode of that. That's awesome. Pam, thank you it. so much for um, calling in today. Okay. How, how can you, how, I'm listening, and I'm like, I need to talk to that Pam oh, Pressler. Right. How can we find you? <laughs> How do I find that Pam Pressler? I'm reachable in so many ways. So. <laughs> First of all, the most direct beeline to me is probably my email address, which is just my name, Pamela Pressler, um, at gmail.com. So there's and one S. One S in Pressler, Pressler, so it's P-A-M-E-L-A-P-R-E-S-L-E-R at gmail.com. Um, you can always call my office. I'm located in the Nurturance Office building on um, West 26th Street and Harvard Avenue. Um, although we've been doing primarily um, Zoom and virtual meetings, which are fine and actually have been working out really well for most families. So um, you can always call in to schedule with me at 814-455-1301. I do have an un, uh, under construction uh, website you can go to, which is, uh, again, PamelaPressler.com. Um, there's contact, a uh, way to contact me through that. And um, I also want to just offer that if there are any other um, therapists or mental health providers or anybody in the community who's interested in becoming trained in this work, um, please feel free to reach out to me as a resource. Yes. I I think the more we can start building awareness on how to treat um, families and help individuals, moms and dads, of course, because their grief looks different, um, I'm happy to help with that as well. 
Um, and then the other piece is just if there's any other family work, um, please, I don't would never want anybody to just limit themselves to calling me for grief because I like to be a resource for people. It's kind of what I do. So if mm-hmm. there's anything going mm-hmm. on family work, like I said, I have a mediation practice as well, but anything, I'm always happy to find, help people get connected with good help. So yeah, um, that's important and that's yeah. super necessary. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we are, I'm just so blessed that we, you were brought to us Yep. and uh, for what you do for these families um, and excited to see what the future looks like. So thanks you for calling too. in. Thanks. We love Thank you, Pam. You. Love you, Pam. Thank you. Love you girls too. You are wonderful. Keep taking on the world. You're doing amazing things. <laughs> thanks. Have a good day, y'all. Have you a good too. Day. Bye ladies.